Hi, I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uh, Jake58, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. I'm Tom, regular. So, I left a fucking, like... So Petco sells these uh, these dog food containers that like seal really well. They're like airtight seals. All right, nice, cool. love it. So I left like some dog food in there um, last August, and it was just sitting outside, testing the limits. And whatever, man, like life happens, dude. So cleaning out the yard today, and I open it up, and it's just liquid. Nice. And I was like, mm. first I was like, ew. Then mm-hmm. I was like, well, this probably has a pretty damn high alcohol content. <laughs> so I drank it all and I'm fucking flying right now. And my name is Justin. I'm here in the Heavy Old Podcast. I'm Good. fucked up. What's happening? Allegedly. Don't damn. try this at home. Jesus. Yeah. Justin. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude it wasn't even the grain free. Oh. It had grain in it. Full this, grain. Yep. This isn't even the gore grind episode. What are you guys doing when Dude, I'm not around? Fucking liquid, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm going to need a drink, please, Tom, Liqui- sir. Liquefied dog food. Yeah. Liqui- yeah. Oh, God. I, th- I didn't think you, you could out- outdo my... I thought of a name for it so you don't... Because, so, listen, you guys were saying things. It was kind of getting me a little upset right now. I just want you to call it by the proper name. It's Pooch Hooch. Pooch Hooch. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> Hooch hooch. Pooch, hooch. I feel a lot better now that I got there. Man, I'm messed up. Man. Is that what this uh, episode is brought to you by? Pooch hooch? Pooch, Make it yourself. I don't know, man. Oh, <laughs> Make it yourself. I used to be in a band uh, called Liquefied Maggots. I think you just outdid the gross out factor on that one. That's crazy, man. I'm so messed up right now. Yeah. You can check that on Metal Archives, by the way. That's, that's, that's bona fide. Nice. How's wow. everybody's life? It's good. My life's good. Is yeah. your life good, Will? Good. I'm just keeping all my pens in their appropriate clipboards, <laughs> dotting my I's, crossing my T's. Nice. Yeah, things are, my day job is uh, you know, going okay. I'm 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 living the life, living the life of Riley out here. Nice. Yeah, libertine lifestyle of mine. No. Um yeah, we got a little bit of death metal going on at the crib, playing records, things like that, as we do. Um I got a little uh hmm. I'm not going to mention any names, but on the Patreon, I'm going to go go in on somebody. Somebody somebody did something. Oh, oh. Yeah, these death metal ads, they're getting a little predictable. Oh. Uh, other than that, nothing else really bothered me too much. I'm trying to keep the blood pressure down. Um, shout out to Uncle Frank. He's on blood pressure pills. You know, he's my inspiration. It's health. Hell yeah. yeah. Other than that, not much going on, man. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good, man. Other than that, I'm just totally messed up right now and... Pooch hooch. Uh, yeah, we doing talk, really. I, I'm doing fine. I, when I said you guys, I was kind of trying to steer it towards Tom more yeah. than the pooch hooch again. But I also want to know about Tom. Oh, okay. Thank, oh, cool. thank you. Well, pooch. I'm here, so I'll say. Good, good boy. I was, uh, I was in Nashville this weekend. No way, really? Yeah. <laughs> Look, go figure, man. You think you know somebody? Dude, yeehaw! A highlight of my trip was an Airbnb experience. It was called Welcome to 1979, a studio in Nashville. Where they make vinyls. Uh huh. There's a recording studio and then a mastering studio, and then this guy makes the uh, he makes the masters, the, the the prints for the vinyl factories to make. I'm thinking of that movie Brother Where Art Thou, where the guy like records them right in the studio and they they press the record and it's all. So there's mm. a he explained not that specifically. I don't even remember. Tour guy. I don't even know if that's what happened in the movie. I was. I think that was the whole. Mo- I saw that movie. Yeah. That was the whole. That was movie. the whole. I remember movie. You, like you got to hit boys or yeah. I'm sorry, Tom. No, it's all good. So this, uh, it was crazy. I didn't know how much went into vinyl because there's several ways of doing it, but to do like a high res mm. uh, mastering. 
of an album or anything, any audio, the process is phenomenal. Uh, so much nickel, yeah. negative and positive ions Ooh. flashing through a liquidy stew to make your sounds come true. Uh, phenomenal trip, 1979. If you're in Nashville or in the mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. I suggest you take that tour. The owner of the studio, Chris, uh, there's a wealth of information you can learn from this gentleman. Mm. He's been operating the studio for 14 years, he said. Uh, he's one of 15 people in the country that do this process. Mm. And then on top of which, he re- restores old tape machines, like huh. two-track recording tape machines. Um, wow. Wow. I'm just okay. Wow, so he's been okay. doing it since 2008. Yeah, when vinyl was when, yeah. when it was bad, there was <laughs> nobody was buying it was vinyl. It was at an all time low. Yes, and now wow. he's busier than ever. Okay, and he's involved in the pressing of over a million vinyls a month. Yeah, vinyls. Are, yeah, people are trying to get those things pressed now, man. Yeah, that's it. So the factories go to him and they go, "Hey, can we get a master on this?" The esteemed and cultured life of Tom outside of the podcast. I love it. How many I, ghosts in Nashville? Oh, that's, I wasn't looking for ghosts this time. I was just looking for ghost notes, you know, and they're just oh. bass. <laughs> this is a swinging away. Bop. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah. A state that borders Tennessee, the state where Nashville is in that you just went this weekend. Yes. Kentucky. Kentucky. Sir. Yes, Kentucky <laughs> is the state in which resides epic doom death band Rotting Kingdom. Doom. Yeah. Straight the, to it. Pull the curtains. Get them off. Yeah, get them off. Huh? Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with uh, Anton Escobar of Rotting Kingdom, Tombstalker, and other acts. How are you, Anton? Doing good, Will. Thank you for your time. And I, you know, I um, just I'm always transparent with the listeners. I owe you uh, and the members of your band an apology and my gratitude. Um, I've never messed up the scheduling and the booking for an interview this poorly. Um, and I really appreciate you bearing with me, uh, even up until tonight, man, I'm, I'm running late now and, and I had the wrong time, but we're going to move past that. I don't want to drag it. I, I've wasted enough of your time already. Um, so opening right up, uh, the first question I always ask, are you from a particularly musical family or was there anyone in your upbringing who, uh, influenced you to be into hard rock and heavy metal? You know, I'm an only child actually, so... Um, I didn't have any like older brothers or sisters to get me into cool stuff. So a lot of it honestly was just my own exploration and digging through stuff, getting into punk punk music actually when I was really young and then it kind of developed from there. But um, I actually didn't get into extreme metal until high school and um, was kind of predominantly listening to, like I said, like punk and hardcore and things of that nature and, um, up until then. And uh I met Chuck, uh, who's the bass player for Riding Kingdom, and he also plays in Tombstalker. And uh, he kind of uh, kind of introduced me, brought me into that world. Uh, I guess I was around like maybe 15 years old or something around, 15 or 16 when we met. And uh, I kind of uh, 
traded with him and he he wasn't into punk music at all I had grown up more in, in in the metal side of things and i kind of got him involved in in punk music so we kind of did a did a little trade of our knowledge and i guess the rest is history but yeah so yeah i my uh my dad and stuff like he's he's into music and art and but he's you know more of just into like classic oldies stuff like you know like pink floyd and you know the stones and things of that nature so but nothing extreme or heavy. All that stuff was just my own interest and exploration growing up. Oh, okay. And uh, I take it you're are you originally from Lexington, Kentucky? That's where the band's based out of. I take it. Yeah, we're all from here. Actually, everyone in the band was born and grew up here. Okay, and you know I'm I'm from up here in Long Island, New York. I've been through Kentucky once or twice, and a lot of our listeners might not be familiar. Could you maybe just describe what sort of an environment um, Lexington is? Is it more like the city? Is it more of a rural area? And did you have access to say record stores, touring bands coming through, things like that, or no? Yeah, I mean it was it wasn't like you know it was relatively minimal. We're only an hour from. Uh, from Cincinnati or I guess an hour and a half roughly and, and the same uh, Louisville in the, in the other direction. So we're close enough to some bigger cities to where we can go see like big national acts and big tours. But as far as like stuff coming through here, it's over the years, it's just, it's mainly been like underground, you know, up and coming kind of artists. But, you know, even that being said, it, it, it has, hasn't been like you know a, a wasteland by any means um there's chuck chuck's here what's up chuck chuck's on board now hey but, chuck uh, what's up chuck you with us i'm here what's up hi chuck this is will um and like like i said before to anton i owe you guys a huge apology i've never messed up booking and scheduling like this man so all i can do is really apologize and get in front of it man thank you for your time yeah, yeah, no worries. Thanks for having us. Uh, of course, man. Chuck McIntyre, um, and you're the bassist of Rotting Kingdom, I take it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, and and just adapting real quick to the to the format. Now that we got you on board, Chuck Anton kind of caught us up to. He said that he met you very early on. I guess when you guys were around teenagers, and you guys kind of had like a, a back and forth about um different types of punk and metal and extreme music. Uh, and, and that sort of thing. I don't know if maybe you could give us your take on the first question, which was, are you from a musical family uh, or is there anyone in your upbringing that influenced you to get into metal or punk or anything like that? Uh, there are some musicians in my family. Um, none that ever had any sort of interest in the stuff that uh, we're interested in. But uh, huh. um, like my grandfather played jazz. Uh, both of my grandmothers taught music, like piano and stuff like that. But uh, no, I mean, I, I mean, my dad like listened to you know classic rock growing up, uh, Black Sabbath, you know, Pink Floyd, stuff like that. I guess you know had an influence for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we both kind of just found a lot of these bands uh, together, uh, you know, when we were young and in high school. So okay, and are you? Are the two of you? Um predominantly the ones responsible for this blood of the wolf uh fest that i guess took part i guess roughly from 2012 to 2019 uh yeah yeah that was that was a uh effort uh that uh, we both took on um we basically you know kind of decided 
why not Lexington? You know, we'd, you know, playing music and stuff, we'd gone to like a lot of other festivals in other cities. And we just kind of said, you know, we could do this here. Um, and as a means of like highlighting a lot of like the local and regional talent that uh, kind of got overlooked, um, you know, like a lot of tours, like, uh, you know, even like the bigger stuff, you know, usually hit either Louisville or Cincinnati. Um, you know, we just kind of wanted to make Lexington, you know, a viable place to play for bands, you know, on the road. Yeah. And, and uh, I understand you guys actually got sadistic intense, uh, Pro Fanatica and some other bigger name bands down there. Was that actually their first time playing Kentucky or at least playing Lexington? Uh, yeah, uh, it was definitely Sadistic Intent's first time in Kentucky. Uh, I'm not sure if Pro Fanatica played the World War not in the past. No, I don't think they did. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, okay, man. Um, and well, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, because we're talking about that time period 2012, um, when does Tombstalker take off? Is that around like 2010, 11? We formed in 08, but okay. we didn't get our demo out until 2009 and then started playing shows, you know, regularly around that time as well. And we put out, put out a couple EPs and then, then ended up doing our f- first full length. I think that came out and. You remember, Chuck, was it like 2014 or 15, one, something like that? Yeah, 2014, I think. Yeah, and uh, Shadow Kingdom Records put that out. Uh, and they also, they put out the CD and the tape, and then they co-released the vinyl with uh, Hell's Headbangers, actually. So yeah. we haven't done anything with that band since then because we've gone through some lineup change. We've, we, we lost some members and just haven't found the right you know lineup yet but we've actually i mean we could we haven't made this announcement yet but i guess this is good good a time as any but uh clay rice from rotting kingdom is has joined Tombstalker on second guitar and um we're currently working on a new album and there'll be more news to share about that later on but we're going to bring the band back to life after you know a long hiatus so that that'll be sweet Okay, and is it? Would you agree that maybe Tombstalker um, and Rotting Kingdom are, are? I don't know. Maybe Rotting Kingdom kind of evolved from Tombstalker or something, or something along those lines. You guys share a lot of members back and forth through the years. Um, maybe. I mean, everyone in Rotting Kingdom, uh, we all kind of grew up together playing music, like in the same scene, but just in different bands. Um, so, in the sense of like sort of kind of honing our talents and 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 letting you know getting us uh an education like how these sorts of things run and like how do you make a band you know sustainable over time things like that sure um but as far as like musical stylings uh it had been something that i had wanted to do for a long time uh and it's just one of those things that like pieces just kind of came together and we decided to give it a shot okay um and with rotting kingdom it's well, you said it yourself that a lot that you guys kind of grew up in in the same scene but playing in different bands and things like that i've seen this um uh this label uh tagged with a lot of your your bands the woven brotherhood 
Is that a loose collective of Kentucky musicians uh, based out of your scene? So that kind of that's kind of its own story. Um, we didn't start the Wolven Brotherhood. It was actually. Are, are you familiar with the band Valdron from Cincinnati? I, I can't say that I am, to be perfectly honest. They're a they're a Blood Harvest band. You okay. should definitely check them out. They're incredible. But okay. it's uh it's like technical kind of progressive black death stuff i mean it it's it kind of draws on a lot of different sounds but it's very uh it's very grandiose and kind of highbrow i mean it's really smart stuff but uh i I don't even know if i want to i mean they draw from a lot of different pools they kind of sound like emperor and dissection and windier but they also have death metal vibes like morbid angel and uh, just stuff like that. So, and even even order from chaos and some like offshoot stuff that you wouldn't expect. But um, they're they're definitely their own band. I, you know, I don't want to necessarily spend a bunch of time describing what they sound like, but they're, they're just know they're a great band. But they they uh, they're a Blood Harvest band, and um, I'd say they're probably the best band from Cincinnati. One definitely one of the best bands in Ohio currently. Um, but they started the Wolven Brotherhood when they were in high school. And we met those guys when they were like 16, 15 years old. Like they were kiddos and were already driving down to Lexington to play like house shows. And, and uh, they were already like incredibly proficient at their instruments, even at a very young age like that. And um, their band was called Dawn of Wolves at the time, but they ended up changing the name to Valdron and, uh, so they started the this like the whole Wolven Brotherhood Brotherhood thing started with them in Hamilton, Ohio, which is a suburb outside of Cincinnati. But we did a split with them. I think it was like two thousand and nine or ten. It came out, and uh, they kind of like brought us into the fold. And it, and then after that, like we kind of just took it and ran with it, and pulled a bunch of other bands and members and it kind of just it kind of just become this uh larger scale like artist collective uh you know there's all kinds of folks in it um but yeah i guess you could just say it's a it's a collective of artists that all share kind of a similar vision and are uh, just you know kind of united and and uh ride together you know i guess it's kind of like a crew if you will in a sense yeah. too yeah interesting because i'm because i want i want the listeners to get a sense that it's not just rotting kingdom um there's there's kind of like a, a whole little world to explore with your guys local scene um yeah you know bands like nest uh you know and and, and other other such bands with with you know other members of rotting kingdom in them um your local scene i mean in in lexington kentucky growing up I, like I know for me personally here on Long Island, when I was uh, in a teenager, there wasn't much death metal and grindcore. It was all about hardcore and more like uh, politically, socially conscious punk and things like that. But that's that's what the shows were. What was the scene like down there? Was it necessarily metal, or were you guys getting into other types of shows? You mentioned house shows, you know. There was a strong punk scene for sure. Um, definitely when we were kids, there was a much bigger punk scene than metal scene actually. And, uh, you know, not to toot our own horns or anything, but, you know, metal in our area didn't really take off until we started bringing it through. And then it grew from there and we made friends and more and more, you know, 
it's like a, if you build it they will come kind, huh. of, kind of energy but yeah it just kind of went from there and i don't know if you, maybe chuck chuck would you like to comment on that yeah i mean when it was like nothing but like american hardcore uh and like anton said there was a pretty strong punk scene like when we were kids um it was more like the diy kind of uh, planet records type uh punk stuff though um so yeah there wasn't really any i mean like bigger metal shows like you know bigger tour packages and stuff uh, would come to louisville and that was pretty much the only uh access to like seeing metal live that we had um and when we started uh tomb stalker it was kind of like okay if we're gonna do this death metal band like let's start booking other metal bands here and like anton said it was just like the more that we started doing you know the more people started showing up and it was a pretty uh it was a really unique scene for a while it's like everyone kind of hung out with everyone like, it wasn't very clicky like a lot of uh, some bigger cities are you know punks only hang out with punks uh, everyone kind of got along uh, pretty well so uh it was almost by default because if we didn't our shows would flop <laughs> sure, yeah 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 that's the other thing too you know it was a pretty small scene so everyone just kind of supported everyone yeah, we had intention mix bill just to, you know, bring punks and metalheads together, and uh, like like I said, because the the scene is smaller, like, you know, we didn't want to divide it. Like we were stronger for doing that, anyways. You know, so so when you guys start the Blood of the Wolf Fest, um, I, I mean, could you take me through that a little bit? Like, what what was it like? Uh, securing the venue and, and taking that on. That must have been a little bit of a daunting task. And was there any maybe like pushback from the uh, venues or anyone in the community or anything like that? Uh, I mean, we already had a good relationship with the venue just from where we book shows all the time. Uh, that was like one of the main venues that we used. Um, and when we pitched like, hey, we want to do this, you know, one day festival you know would you all be down they were totally on board from the get-go uh so that was a plus and then they also owned um there was a building right next door to it uh that we used as the when we expanded uh in the following years you know, we built a stage in the uh, other bar that they owned like right next door as well and had this whole like little uh parking lot patio situation that we had, like roped off and everything so originally yeah owls was Owls was on board um, 100%. It was kind of like a little <laughs> a little ratty bar, but uh, it was like our home, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, I, I understand, you know, going back through social media in 2019, that was the last time you guys did it, um, not realizing that COVID would shut everything down but in, um, the next year, but you guys announced that it was getting very difficult to uh, recoup your, um, your finances through the fest. Yeah, the last year, and that was due to a chain of unfortunate events that ended up kind of scrambling things for us. And um, you know, won't get too too deep into that because that gets into local politics to a degree. But like, uh, we just we we basically got in a pickle with the venue because they had changed ownership and were undergoing construction. Mm -hmm. And we were worried they weren't going to get it done in time because like, you know, they were, it was coming down to the wire to where like 
we either we had to like make a decision like are we gonna like leave it up to chance and hope that this building is you know checked out with all the inspections and stuff and ready to be open to the public and run up and running or are we gonna pull the plug ran a bunch of stuff and and host it at another location so we decided to kind of roll the dice and put up a bunch of money to like rent we had to like rent all this like stage gear and talk to another venue which was it was cool that they were ready to take it on on such short notice but it it put us into scramble mode and like over like we had to go into overdrive and it was more important to us to ensure that you know all of our friends and all the fans had a great weekend even if it meant us losing losing a bit than pulling the plug and having the whole thing get like totally messed up so we did what we had to do and you know that being said it was still like a lot of fun and the you know we it sounded great it looked great all the gear was super we got we got a stage built like we ended up having it in like a big brewery like in a giant like warehouse um so everything went cool but like the turnout was a little bit lighter and i think that was also due to the fact that it was in the middle of the summer like we changed the dates we also encountered some some like weird booking promoter squabbles here in town because there were other people trying to host events like around the same time and like we didn't want to like double book certain time frames and there was just a whole bunch of things that all just fell on our head all at once and we did the best we could with what with the circumstances given to us but i think after it was all said and done we were just so exhausted. We had already, it was our fifth year doing it. We were just so exhausted by the ordeal that like, we just kind of told ourselves like, we need a break, you know, maybe we'll do it again, but we need to chill and like focus on other things for now. So, and then COVID happened. Yeah. And then COVID happened. Yeah. So <laughs> we couldn't do it anyway. Well, you guys, I don't want to, I don't want to skip ahead to your full-length album, um, A Deeper Shade of Sorrow, that was in 2020, because we're in there now. Let's let, let's go back to Rotting Kingdom. 2017, the self-titled three-song EP is released. Um, people can check out Boris Records and Gods of War Records if they're interested in, in physical copies of that. They can, they can look that up for themselves. And it's all on Bandcamp. Um, your self-titled three-song EP, how long was Rotting Kingdom a band and writing and, and finding your sound before you recorded that, that self-titled EP? Oh, man. Uh, for a while. For a while. It was very off and on uh, for like the first like year and a half. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, like, we would, you know, we would play for a while, you know, we would practice regularly for a while and then we would fall off for a couple months and you know everyone just had different things going on uh practices were kind of hard to be consistent with it was just for a variety of reasons but yeah we we got it done eventually <laughs> yeah okay and over time did rotting kingdom kind of become uh more of a full-time band or it's it just seems like um it has the, the the overall maybe like the bigger presence of some of your projects and um, the, the more current pre- presence. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that's been kind of interesting about it is it was I mean we started it specifically as a side project like 
we weren't going to play shows. Like, you know, it was just, let's just write some music and let's just, you know, put a demo out or put an EP out and see, you know, what happens. Um, and it was really something too, because like, uh, Brandon, uh, plays drums and writing him used to be in Tombstalker. And it was something that like, you know, we wanted to play music with him again. And this was, it was just kind of a, everyone was kind of in the right place at the right time with like, you know, what they had going on to where, you know, everyone had uh, at least the interest and, and as much time as they could afford to, uh, to do something like that. So. Okay. And, and was the intention always um, this kind of a uh, doom death metal um, that, which is very much uh, focused on, I, I, in my opinion, the death metal aspect of it with some of those low churning parts, especially on that first EP and the vocals. Yeah, we, We've had a pretty focused um, idea of what we want the band to sound like, and not to not to say that it hasn't developed or expanded, but it's still very much the same band as it always was. Um, and I don't think Chuck, you can chime in if you want on this, but I don't. We 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 have a pretty solid foundation and a pretty. <clears throat> say strict sound but like we definitely know what we want to sound like and what kind of school we draw upon and the kind of you know emotive the, the way we want you to feel when you listen to it and you know you know and you 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 did that or yeah like like recently there was a review this these other guys from terminus hit it on the head it's like you know we do the whole peaceville thing obviously and i think that's most people who listen to us pick up on that, but it's more than just that, you know? And, um, but, you know, ultimately we, it's, it's sad, heavy music, you know, that's supposed to make you, it's heartfelt stuff, you know, it's, it's supposed to come across as sincere as we can make it, you know, it's not, it's not like lighthearted by any means, you know? Of, of course. And, um, you know, just speaking to that, you know, like obviously there's some of those classic Peaceville bands um, and maybe some of the like the more Scandinavian doom death bands, those influences come through. Something I appreciate because I'm more of a death metal guy, more of a grindcore guy, is that the vocals are so consistently low and guttural and brutal. Um, and speaking of that, I just wanted to pick your mind a little bit about vocal styles and de- how you developed as a vocalist. Um, and, and maybe like if there was any specific vocalists you, you admired in terms of tone and technique. Um, well, honestly, like as, as far as like the real deep guttural stuff goes, um, I really admire that dude, the dude from Evoken. Um, Mm. I think that that kind of hyper bludgeoning, you know, from, from the depths, from the deep kind of stuff is, you know, I really try to bring it up from the diaphragm and get it to be as, you know, tunnel throated and bludgeoning as I can get. Um, especially when we go into the heavier sections where we just want to suffocate you, but yeah, you know, I do mix in some of the raspier, more snarly stuff and, uh, you know, I do the same thing in Tombstalker too, though, but I think I try to push it more, uh, at least push the lower end stuff in this band more so than Tombstalker. And, uh, when I, when I do do the more raspier, shriekier stuff, um, 
I really wanted to like have like a pained, you know, kind of anguished quality to it. You know, that's what I, that's what I strive to do. Um, I think a good example would be uh, Jonas and like Dance of December Souls era Catatonia, you know, some those, some of those vocal parts are just pure, you know, anguish, as I said, just, you can feel the retching pain, you know, and um, I, I, I try to, I try to bring that across with, with my vocal attack. Yeah. And we do some like, I do some like spoken kind of gothy kind of almost poetry, spoken word, poetry, like embellishment kind of moments, uh, kind of tossle that in here or there. Now that's more for just like added effect and a little more drama, you know, if you will. But I don't do clean vocals. Um, and I don't, we've kind of thrown around the idea of maybe doing that at some point, but we haven't gotten there yet. And I don't know if we, honest, honestly, some people have said that they really like us for not doing the clean vocals. So um, I do appreciate that because I think that does set us apart from a lot of bands that play this style is because a lot of them do have, singing and you know all kinds of things like you know like violins pianos whatever all that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. experiment more with the instrumentation it's probably it's probably a bigger chance we do that than start including singing but I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to get a little insight into the vocals, and um, yeah, I'm one of those people that kind of appreciates the 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 more straightforward, uh, uh, low end brutal vocal approach, um, and uh, but you know it'd definitely be interesting to see what you guys do in the future, and uh, on that note, you know you you, you talked about um, before you, you know you mentioned Shadow King Kingdom Records and and Hell's Headbangers. And just getting the, you know, having listened to a lot of your projects and your guys' um, uh, network of, of musicians, I get this the the sense, and and it's it's part of a larger thing. It's like there's uh, almost two death metal scenes within the death metal scene, and what I mean by that is you have the kind of brutal, modern, guttural death metal, the technical death metal, things like that, um, the hyper-blasting, brutal, chunky stuff. But then you have the the, the type of stuff that I feel um, maybe you guys identify with more or, or more indicative of, which is this kind of more nostalgic and true old-school form of metal that Hell's Headbangers embodies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, hundred percent. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that respectfully because I, I kind of have my feet in a lot of different genres of music and you know all different types of extreme metal. Would you say you guys specifically reject that more modern, brutal death metal? Chuck, would you like to? I mean, I'll be honest. I fuck with it. Uh, you know, like I'm, I love bands like Defeated Sanity and some of that stuff. I'm real picky though. Um, yeah, but we definitely. Our our roots are in like, I mean, Granton and I in particular, like the old school Swedish death metal. You know, that's like our bread and butter. Um, you know, and that stands out, you know, very prominently in Tombstalker. But, uh, you know, early '90s, man, that's like best <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I got to agree. I got to. I got to agree as much as I love the um the frog vocals. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess that that kind of that question kind of is specific to each band member too because yeah yeah we all have different tastes and value different things in the underground i personally like 
I'm not really into tech death or slam or anything like that. And Chuck mentioned defeated sanity. Like at least that band's like old school, like even by today's standards, like those dudes have been around forever. Um, but as far as like modern stuff goes, like I personally am like kind of like not into like hardly any death metal coming out nowadays. Like then- even that claim to be like plain old school style, like the spirit is just, uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk shit or like <laughs> throwing pans under the bus, but I mean, I, I could, if I wanted to, but like, uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious who's in it for, I was actually talking to my buddy Scott from cloak, uh, earlier today about this, uh, but he went to a show recently and was talking about how everyone at the shows, like, he's like, yeah, man, there's like way more hot girls at this show. And like, everyone's just dressed like, and like they go to urban outfitters and like, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, it's, he's like, yeah, it's really weird. It's like 2022, but it kind of reminds me of how like the nineties used to be when like the, you know, like the Norwegian, like the Scandinavian black metal dudes were at war with like death metal and like the Florida scene, because it was like this, you know, ancient archaic black and white, like evil metal versus like, you know, these like surfer, you know, high tops, cowabunga type, you know, type people. And, it's almost like that kind of like that kind of like culture clash is like almost like resurfaced in the modern era. And uh, I'll speak for myself, but I, I personally bat for the uh, leather and boots. And <laughs> Fair enough, man. And I got to say, I agree with you 100 percent. I think that dynamic is resurging now with death metal becoming so popular. And it's even a little bit more. Um, uh, polarizing now because it's like the the younger people coming into it as more of a fad are celebrating a lot of these cult old school Swedish and European bands and it, it's it's all getting mixed up in the middle somewhere. So I can sympathize. Um, you know, it, it it's a little much and it's a little saturated at times. We've talked about it before on the podcast. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's it's definitely a lot of overnighters and tryharders and. Uh, Look at me! I got a cool long sleevers out there. <laughs> the the, ba- the battle vests are getting a little crazy with and the, and the and like these like uh, Technicolor patches. It's just a little much sometimes, man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, not to slag anybody, man. We have fun and I'm not, um, we're not mentioning any bands. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So and and moving on and and um and I'm probably I you know I'm probably more guilty of being part of that scene than anybody so so uh, whatever, but moving on talking about Rotting Kingdom oh well th- this is kind of also why I brought it brought it up and maybe this is a little bit controversial too for you guys but um I mentioned before I've been through Kentucky a few times um one of my uh, older bands had performed at two of the infamous Louisville Death Fests I don't know if you guys are familiar <laughs> with like the story behind that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you had any interaction, or if you one of your bands might have gotten burned, or anything like that. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Tombstalker played it uh, like the first or second one. Uh, God, who who headlined that one? I can't even fucking remember. I don't remember either. But it was it was we were late, we were late getting there because we had issues with the band that we were using and. You know, he's blowing us up the whole like the whole way up there. Like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? We get there and the, it's like fucking eight bands 
behind schedule, dude. Like, <laughs> there were hardly any fans there. It was just like all the bands like sitting behind their merch tables and like nobody there. I was like, what the fuck is this, dude? Wow. So we didn't end up playing until like close. Like, we were supposed to go on at like eight. We didn't play till like 11. Uh, it was, yeah, that, it was a mess. <laughs> we made some friends that night. There the dudes from NYDM were into us because we were the only old school. We were the only like old school like band that played. Everything else was like porno grind and like slam shit. Yeah, they're kind of like the odd man out. It was weird. Yeah, so we didn't really we didn't really have any, have any business with them after that. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to bring that up quickly because it because uh, I, I feel like that's very symbolic of like the two scenes within a scene. You know, you're talking about porno grind bands and slam bands. That's obviously not what you guys and your crew is known for. You know. Yeah. So but yeah, then that dude ended up like that dude AJ like completely like went into hiding because the whole because his next fest or whatever he did after that he like got in a bunch of trouble and stuff from what I recall. But this happened years ago. I just remember. It was like a shitstorm on Facebook years ago over that whole thing. Well, I mean, all I can all I can recall, I I one of my bands performed, I believe what what would have been the last one because um, no one. Well, I can't say no one got paid, but uh, it was it was kind of saved in the last uh, minute by by some other local people um, uh, and and the venue and things like that. But yeah, the the promoter didn't really do much for them, but. Um, yeah, I you know I just had to bring that up. Kind of, I thought thought it was funny. But moving moving forward, I mentioned uh, a deeper shade of sorrow before your 2020 full length, um, and I wanted to get a little insight into not just the writing of it, but also you you used Sneak Attack Studio. I take it that's um, a local studio that that you guys work out of fairly often. Uh, yeah, it's become our main place. I don't think we'd ever record anywhere else in this, at least. Not in this state. He's the best in the state, in my opinion. Jason, Wouldn't you say, Chuck? Yeah, for sure. I mean, with with Tombstalker, man, like we recorded so many different places, and it was such a to finally find someone that we like really meshed with with uh, Jason at at Sneak Attack was was awesome. And, and I, like Anton said, I I don't, I don't really see us record anywhere else uh, in the immediate future, anyway. He's recorded all of our stuff, even like our side projects and pretty much anything we've anything any of us have done in the past like, like five years. He he handled it. Wow. Okay. And does he come from a metal background? Sort of. Like he's a he's a Gen X dude, so he grew up in the eighties listening to like classic stuff. I mean, he's just like well versed in like any kind of rock music. So punk, metal, hard rock, you know, classics, any kind of classic band. He's, okay. you know, first in it. Okay, Jason Groves at Sneak Attack Studio. And getting into the writing, I just, because I, you know, I listened to the EP and the album today, back to back, and something that struck me was I felt like the EP might have had a little bit more of that uh, death metal crunch to it um, as a foundation to the writing, whereas it sounded like on the album you you really leaned into layering the guitars and some kind of different, more airy, atmospheric riffs. Would you agree with that? Is that fair? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think I think with the EP, you know, it was more just kind of like 
getting our ideas down, you know, and, and where it was so infrequent, we didn't really, it took a while for, uh, just to get three songs down. Uh, whereas once that came out and we saw, you know, kind of the response to it, when we decided to, to do a full length, it was like, all right, let's really kind of take our time and, and kind of evolve some of these things and expand on some of the things that we didn't really have time to explore, uh, with the EP. So, um, we tried to keep, you know, same sound in the, in the general sense, but also like pushing and, and trying some new things, but, you know, without getting too far outside of, uh, you know, our prior, our prior work. Okay. And, um, and speaking also of your, um, uh, more current work 2022 saw the release of uh your split wretched enigma of salvation your split with incoffination on uh self-made god records do you guys have a previous relationship with incoffination were you in touch with them had you maybe performed together before that they played blood of the wolf so that's how we originally got linked up with them and okay. justin justin Stubbs. he's he's in father he, he's in father be fouled too and they we got like a two for one uh booking thing i think it was blood of the wolf fear three uh father be fouled and incoffination were two of our main like headliners so uh and he's in atlanta and then that dude wayne from decrepitath we had to, we flew him out from san diego and uh then they drove up together and that's how we originally met him and that was that was i can't remember what year ago it was it was some years back and then he hit us up, uh, I guess it was sometime last year, early on, asked us if we wanted to, it might have even been the year before, because we had we knew about the split for a while, but uh, didn't get around to recording it, because we had to write the songs and, you know, do all the planning and prep and stuff, but uh, yeah, I think it was like a couple years ago, he hit us up asking to, asking us to share yeah, it was kind of on our radar for a little bit. Uh, it was just one of those things like that we're going to do someday. And then, because uh, I get, because he, he originally had another band that he was going to be doing this release with. And they like dropped off or like, weren't able to do it for whatever reason. Uh, and like the incoffination stuff was already recorded. Uh, and he was like, hey, like, do you want to, you know, do this with me instead? Uh, and then with COVID and everything, it was it took a while to to get the studio time and to sit down and do it. So, all right, and and now that that came out earlier this year, like I said, people could check that out. Is there anything you're currently working on in terms of maybe a second album? I don't know. Is there any, any anything in the works, or you're just kind of um, still pushing the split? Uh, we're pushing the split because it's still pretty damn new. Um, the label said they're going to be doing a vinyl and tape version eventually too. And, um, going to be up on Spotify and all that stuff pretty soon as well. It's just taken us a while to get all that arranged and submitted, but, uh, that's going to go up. And, um, we do have another record that we're currently talking about. We can't mention who it's with yet, but it's going to be another split. And, um, I think this one's gonna definitely please a lot of people. It's gonna be a really cool pairing. Um, 
but we still like it's just not where we can't we can't mention who it's going to be with yet fair enough but uh, but yeah we we got another split in the works um that where we'll eventually get to and um you know our chucks in school and our drummers in school and we're kind of like in this like you know lull i would say right now but we definitely are going to do another full-length album um just a matter of when i don't know yet but since this one just came out get we got a little bit more wind in our sails now and we're probably gonna sit on this for a moment before we yeah get, get going again okay and and i saw that you guys performed at uh one of those blood of the wolf fests um in the in the past maybe more do you guys perform live regularly with rotting kingdom and have you been able to get out since things have kind of lifted with the pandemic um i mean like i said originally we started with we started this band with no intention of playing live uh and then you know the more that we rehearsed and and we all kind of felt the bug to do it so um we don't play out terribly often um uh we try to keep it uh kind of a special occasion sort of deal um and then again like anton said uh Brandon and I are both in school. Uh, actually, just wrapped up my last stuff tonight um, for the semester. Uh, so it's been it's been hard to to balance all of that uh, to find time. I mean, it's hard enough finding time like for five people to be in the same place at the same time, you know. Um, let alone with like all the other obligations we we have going on. Um, but like Anton said, you know, we still uh, we have the plan for the split. You know, we have every intention of writing another album. Um, and then over the summer, Anton and Clay and I are actually working on fleshing out some more of the new Tombstalker stuff. Uh, okay. Kind of our, our immediate future as far as plans go. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, um, if you want to take a minute and promote Tombstalker or anything else that's going on um, with you or your bandmates, any other projects that, that you might want people to look out for in terms of a new release or something? Uh well, Anton's got uh, Anton's got kind of a it's not a solo project, but he's got like a, an electronic thing he's doing. Uh, Kyle has uh, well, Anton, you probably you're probably more suited to talk about it than me. Yeah, I'll I'll quickly give you a rundown of all the other stuff because you know with COVID, like you know, Tombstock has been on ice for a while, and then Rotting Kingdom had to hit the brakes soon as COVID came around, we, we, I mean, deeper shade had just come out and we had a full, a full like East coast tour booked. Um, and then we had to cancel it all because it, you know, everything was get, all the plugs were getting pulled. But, um, so now that, you know, both of those riding kingdoms slowly coming back online, tomb stalker is going to come back online eventually. And, um, so in the meantime, like I wanted to, you know, kind of fill my time, find something else to do. So I started uh, like a heavy industrial EBM project with my buddy, Evan, and uh, we're called Molotov Lust. And it's, it's some like, uh, it's kind of in the vein of stuff like Nitzer Ebb or like Frontline Assembly or uh, Skinny Puppy or just things of that nature. If you're familiar with any of that kind of music, um, it's definitely a departure from the metal stuff. Um but yeah, it's def it's it's been a lot of fun and it's refreshing and fun and just it's a really good time to 
do something completely different and unexpected. So I've been doing that. And Kyle from Rotting Kingdom is also has a um, electronic project that he started recently called Cortex Angel. And it's some heavy acid house, like harsh techno type stuff. Um, and we actually did a tour recently. We did a small a small Southern tour with uh, Molotov Lust and Cortex Angel. And we went and we played Atlanta and Asheville, Birmingham and a few other cities too. So that was pretty cool. That, that was just recently, about a month ago, we got home from that. And, uh, but as far as like other metal stuff goes, I have a, I have a black death like project called Pyromancer that it's just a two piece. It's me and, uh, he goes by master of graveyard torment, but he's the, he's the main, main man behind apocryphal revelation, which, uh, is, is a black death band also from Lexington that they signed a nuclear war now records recently. Um, they got a couple records out through them. Um, and it's some like that project is his main, his main thing he's been doing. It's like, like early rotting Christ, like demo era rotting Christ or Verathron, very Greek, uh, but also kind of like Profanatica, Vaughn, uh, Beherit, you know, just real rotten. It's got synth too, but it's real rotten, super mystical, occult, black death stuff. But uh, me and him teamed up and, and started Pyromancer. And it's just, it's some just raw in your face, eighties black death, um, kind of like demo era mayhem or Vaughn or, Mm-hmm. Uh, just it's real primitive real just disgusting hellish uh, ultra ultra satanic you know burning hateful type of type of music um but we got a split coming out which i don't know if i can announce that yet either but just keep an eye out on this because we're about to announce this split and it's with a really cool band um who is from detroit and is making some pretty big waves themselves. I won't, like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil that one. But um, and then we're we're gonna record a full length this summer for Pyromancer. So, um, you know, if you if you're into that super, you know, ancient satanic stuff, that's uh, that's the band for for you if you want to check stuff that we do that's in that vein. But. But yeah, so we got all kinds of uh, we got all kinds of uh, things on the burners right now. Okay, and, and this um, uh, you know ra- wrapping up because you guys have been very generous with your time. Just quickly, you, you brought up this um, this master of graveyard torment artist who you collaborate with. Uh, it's a very specific scene he's involved in. Again, just like I pointed out before, with the hell, the kind of the difference between hell's headbangers and you know maybe your more guttural tech death type of scene. Um, what I'm getting at is a larger question. Your style of, of music, the, the different styles of music you guys collaborate on, people might associate with um, uh, European bands, but people might not really uh, uh, associate Kentucky or Lexington, Kentucky with this very gritty cult style of metal and just like you brought up Evoken being from Staten Island that's not necessarily the type of music that comes out of Staten Island metal all the time is there anything you would attribute 
um, uh, your your style of music uh, coming out of Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, from in like a more in a regional way. Is there anything? Um, a regional influence. I know people associate down south there with a lot of like the more stoner doom or I hate God style thing. But is there is there a precedent for that type of really cult black metal and doom death metal that maybe people aren't thinking of in Kentucky? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's you guys then. Yeah, we're it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's pretty much, you know. I mean, we're not trying to be contrary or like intentionally make music that mm-hmm. is so far removed from what, you know, people would expect to come from here, but it's just what we love and no one know, else is doing it, what we want to do. And even if there were people, other people doing it, we'd still do it. Cause this is just what we love. But, but yeah, I mean, it definitely, uh, it definitely sets us apart and um, you're, de- you're not the f- first person to be surprised that, you know, more of these kind of more exotic, you know, colder, more underground sounds are coming from this area. So, you know, I guess we're, you know, we kind of own it with pride. You know, we're really happy that that's, that's who we are. And yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I say that res- respectfully too, you know, because I'm friends with, um, the guys in Gray Skies Fallen, uh, maybe a somewhat lesser known than Evoken, but also from Staten Island. And it was always very peculiar to me that these epic doom metal bands would come out of Staten Island, which is more known for maybe hardcore and blue collar metal, you know. But it, it just, you appreciated that much more for the integrity, you know. It's, it's good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, of course, man. And as I said, you guys have been generous with your time, especially considering all the mistakes uh, I made with the booking. But I'm not going to drag that out again. So I'm going to I'm going to start wrapping it up. And we always close off by asking the guest to recommend one older and one newer release by any artist you like, metal or otherwise. Just two recommendations, old and new, uh, for each of you guys. Hmm. What do you think, Chuck? <laughs> You want to go first? Uh, okay. Newer. Uh, I've been listening to the new Corpse S record a lot lately. Huh. That just came out a couple days ago. Uh, it's called Succumb to Rot. Uh, Finnish death metal. Um, very good. Um, older. What have I been listening to? Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to uh, the, the Wolf Pack. Uh, box set today uh it's like the first three wolfpack records uh swedish db crust band uh, yeah i don't think get enough get enough love so the wolfpack i'm gonna i'm gonna say again at the at the risk of not being cult i i'm not familiar yeah they they changed their name later to wolf brigade uh but the early wolfpack stuff is far superior in my opinion <laughs> Just some, it's heavy, crusty Scandinavian hardcore, like kind of motor charged, tough as nails and gritty type shit. Huh. They're fucking, they're fucking awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. All right, so I'll I'll go next. Uh, so like this band is, I guess, yeah, it's definitely newer. Um, and they're in the same vein as Rotting Kingdom. And I just I want to mention these guys because they don't, they're definitely super under the radar and do not get enough love as far as the kind of shit that I love. But uh, this band called ocean of grief from Greece, um, very similar to what we do. Melodic mournful, you know, heavy death doom with roaring kind of Mike Ackerfeltish type vocals. Um, 
his 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 guttural stuff um just really really great melancholic melodic death doom from greece check them out um their album their album nightfall's lament is uh is the one to check out for sure they got one before that but nightfall's lament is like is really really good and then uh an older band that that uh this is definitely uh it's it's a not it's a non-metal band it's a, it's like a goth like cold wave group from france called asylum party huh. and uh their their album borderline um it's like a it's a masterpiece for the style but uh a lot of non a lot of metalheads actually draw from this band strangely enough but it's just it's cold and icy and and sad and weird and just it just hits so um I love that band. I love that album. And that that came out in like '88 or '89. I want to say, Asylum Party. Okay, is there is there much of a goth scene in Lexington, Kentucky? Uh, it's come and gone in waves. Um, yeah. There's definitely a bigger one in Cincinnati and Louisville, hmm. but yeah, uh, I actually used to do a goth band called Guignol. It's been defunct as of a while now, but. Um, when we were doing our thing, we were we were having monthly, monthly goth goth nights and stuff, and occasionally bring usually just involved like a DJ in one band. But um, but yeah, it's it's still kind of simmering. Okay, all right, just interesting to know there. Um, and it uh, makes sense with some of the other music you guys have curated. So I, I appreciate that, man. Uh, Anton Escobar and Chuck McIntyre of Rotting Kingdom, also Tomb Stalker and other acts, as you guys have talked about. I really appreciate you guys' time and being on the show and bearing with me through all this. Uh, any final uh, messages for fans of your music and listeners of the show? Uh, thanks for all the support. Thanks for having us on. Um, it's always uh, very humbling and and surprising uh when people you know want to talk to us about this stuff and we're always happy to do it so uh keep an eye out or an ear out rather for uh, some new music um from all of our different projects and take care of each other yeah thank you so much well really appreciate the opportunity and uh yeah just uh keep your ear to the ground for all the stuff we got coming up because it's gonna be fun Awesome. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys' time. And uh, this interview will probably be up on uh, uh, this Friday. I'll send you guys a link. That's not going to get rescheduled five times, okay? (laughs) All right. All right. good, man. Yeah, keep squeezing that hand. Okay. Thanks. Is the click makes it? Is, is there a counter? There's on there? a counter. Mm-hmm. I think on the other side. Really? Yeah, that's great. So Justin is using a exercise tool. It looks it looks like a high tech version of the hand exercise tool. Yeah, the spring loaded, uh, the spring that sits between two handles I'm that doing, you use to to grow your hand muscles. I'm doing yeah. two things right now. One my guitar off season so i'm just staying ready nice and mm. two practicing my second amendment wow it's nice squeezing 
I, I liked I, that. That was a loaded comment. I wasn't ready for. Hey, it, check it out. Sorry, though. it's the pooch hoots talking. I am messed up. I am all over the moon right now. Shut well, up. while you were drinking pooch hooch and practicing your little hand uh, muscle relaxer, muscle worker outer thing, I was talking to Anton from Rotting Kingdom out of Kentucky. Awesome. Thank you to him for his time. Shout out to the rest of that band. Uh, and as we said, uh, we urge you to check out their releases and all that sort of thing and follow them where you can follow them on the internet. Um, but somebody else who I'm, I'm a little worried he might follow me if we don't play the call. Uh, we got to get this thing up there. Um, didn't we have a little voicemail? Sure did. Yeah, we got it. This we we take this very seriously when this guy calls. Let's put put him up. Get him on. Hey, what's up, guys? Tony Baldoni here. I had a dream last night. I was on stage wearing a velour suit. Tie was undone. I was smoking a cigarette, drinking a martini. They said, "Cut the music." They were playing Dean Martin, but it was all crush pucks in the audience. I said, cut the music like Rick Rude did. Rest in peace. And I proceeded to introduce the heavy hole, but you guys were a band. And then you guys jumped into your intro songs. Fucking sick wrists. You think I listen to you guys a little too much? All right, goodbye. <laughs> Tony Baldone, I don't think you listen to us <laughs> enough, sir. Yeah, that's uh, my thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. we 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 applaud your listenership, Mr. Baldone. I like that. He said the entire audience was crust punks, mm-hmm. um, Listening but to they Dean, were playing Dean, Dean Martin, yeah. and then he cut the music and we came out. Yeah. I, one question, why was he wearing a tie With underneath a velour, a velour suit? suit? That's That's interesting. That's a bachelor party thing, I think. Oh, I don't want to go there. I know both well, of you, you guys know, get, man, get maybe, married. Maybe married. he had a special lady. Maybe it was a crust punk lady in the audience who's trying mm. to just, you know, mm. impress or whatever, you know. Scuzzy Pup was her name. That's Yeah, maybe he was halfway getting undressed or something. Yeah. Show off his Rick Rude ass. Yeah, my, I appreciated that shout out right there. You know? uh, my crusty baby, the classic <laughs> Dean Martin hit. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, my God. Well, you know, unfortunately, if you have a job, they're going to be passing. <laughs> Can't be all highfalutin. Oh boy! I, well, I have a shitty job. No, I, listen. Let's not go there. I enjoy my job. I keep all my pens and all my clipboards in, in check. Um, that's all I got. It's nice. Well, we yeah. forgot our sponsor at the end. Uh, Fish good. Fish good. Fish good and why on Instagram? Wow. Go get them. Guy, tell you guys, I've been fishing so bad. Why didn't you until- respond to my texts? Why didn't you? Why weren't you able mm-hmm. to answer your phone this week? This is the true story behind why we don't have official artwork on last week's episode. It's very true. What happened to your phone? It was very true. So here, there I was battling the elements, fifty foot waves crashing onto the beach, and I'm there and I'm throwing out my brand new fish good one ounce bucktail. Ooh, I'm trying to get them early stripers. You know, mm-hmm. you know me. I want to be there when they get here. I'm yeah. early to arrive. I want to look good while you swim on by. Damn. Hmm. So uh, so what I did, long story short, was uh, I didn't zipper my pocket with my phone in it. Hmm. And I let, uh, you know, I keep my phone to, you know, so I could take a picture of the, be- the beauties of the fi- 50s and 60s that I'm catching. Hmm. So I, whatever, I did a cast, you know, and my, my pec flexed and it shot my phone out at least 30 feet offshore. And uh, there it is. I uh, dropped my phone in the water. Um, that's where I do all my business off of. Uh, in my fucking just 
spiral of depression. I opened up the old canister of pooch, pooch hooch, and uh, here I am today. Um, <laughs> huh. And I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting on my rebate on my phone rebate. Yeah, well, if you got um, if you have a lot of time in your hand, about a pound of rice, you might want to fish that out. Yeah, it's the salt that gets you. Yeah, true. Oof. Well, while you're waiting for that rice to absorb the moisture from your phone so you can retrieve all your data, uh, you could also go to our Patreon and listen to additional content that we put out there. Just like that suspect band I was talking. They're a little suspect. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you Patreons about it. Um, That's good. Thank goodness for yeah. me. It works on desktop, tablet, yeah. as well as mobile, which I have no access to right now. Yeah, it, it works It works on a, um, uh, uh, what were those things, the Tatama. Uh, Tamag- Tamagotchi's Tamagotchi yeah. dolls. You yeah, can, yeah, you can, you can get it on the Tamagotchi. Yeah, it's, yes, uh, but it might it's, it might light up in the middle of the night and scare you. Don't be scared. Uh, go mm-hmm. to heavyholepodcast.com. We're on all the social medias uh, that count. Um, none of the ones that'll get you red flagged by the FBI. That's a bonus. Uh, so heavyholepodcast.com, buddy. There you go. How many uh, ounces were you chucking with yeah, that? Yeah, I told you that was uh, ounce one. Just 